Welcome, everybody. Our guest here today is Trudy Dow, president of Trudy Dow Consulting, Inc. Trudy has extensive experience in building partnerships, ecosystems, and programs for B2B SaaS companies that drive revenue growth and customer success. We really appreciate your time here today, Trudy, and we're excited to see where our discussion leads. Thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Yes. Yeah, so my, my love of partnerships, I think, started early, early days in my consulting career. Um, this is going to date me. It used to be Anderson Consulting that I worked for, which is now known as Accenture. But I remember, uh, you know, we'd go to market for large custom implementations with with other software companies. And I was always fascinated by that. This, this idea that competitors would come together in some instances, you know, when it was right for the customer. Um, fast forward years, I'm not going to say how many. Um, And I was recruited by Salesforce and I got the opportunity to run uh, customer success and professional services for one of their emerging clouds, basically a company they'd acquired and they were growing. And I also got to do partner enablement. And that sort of really, really fed into my love of helping helping companies collaborate with each other for the good of the customer. And then uh, fast forward a couple of years at Salesforce, and I got tapped to manage the global consulting partner program, sort of with the work I'd been doing and bringing in all of our acquisitions and emerging clouds and saying, look, we need our partners need a way to go to market holistically with all of Salesforce's products, not just at the time, it was just sales cloud and service cloud. And, and there was a couple of other things that were sparkles in Mark Benioff's eyes. But uh, so we, we needed a way to scale. Um, so I ran that program for five years and I just loved it. And one of my favorite parts of my job was customers, uh, when they bought Salesforce, wanted to build their own partner programs. And so I'd get on a call as sort of like a, a sales activity or even a post-sales customer success activity. And I'd get to spend an hour with them. And I, I, I at the end of everyone, I'm like, gosh, I really want to help you do this. How can I... And and I couldn't, right? Like it was just like a one-time thing where I got to sort of give them little nuggets of knowledge and I had to walk away. Um, So a couple of years ago when, you know, Salesforce is huge now, an incredibly successful company. And and I think for me, it just got a little too big and I found it hard to feel like I was making an impact. And I was like, gosh, you know what? I really want that fulfilling feeling of knowing I've really made an impact on somebody's business and in someone's life. So I uh, left Salesforce. It was a very difficult thing to do uh, and started up my own little one-man shop consulting firm. And and it has the really innovative name of Trudy Dow Consulting. (laughs) Yeah, you know. Um, and, and, and in a nutshell, what I do now is what I did uh, as sort of my side hustle at Salesforce, which is helping other B2B software companies uh, build out a partner ecosystem and helping them sort of build out the strategy. Um, and in some cases, I stay on and help them implement. And in some cases, I help them recruit someone to take over the function permanently and build out the team and move on. So it's, it's really been great. Trudy, you mentioned the word ecosystem and, you know, I was going to do the would you rather question just for fun. You know, would you, would you rather have one amazing, huge partner or 10 moderate partners? And when you say ecosystem, you know, what comes to mind for me is it sounds like you're saying 10 is the answer rather than the one. How do you think about that? I think of an ecosystem as different partner types rather than the volume of partners you have. So if you just have referral partners, 
it's not so much of an ecosystem. You just have either a bunch of referral partners or one or two referral partners. I think when you get into building an ecosystem, it's looking at, well, how many partner types do I have? So you could have um, referral partners, you could have technology partners who integrate with your platform, or you could join other software companies' ecosystems as well. Um, and become an ISV partner to them. Uh, you could have resellers, you can have service partners or consulting partners. So for me, the ecosystem is when you look beyond just one partner type and, and you're looking for it beyond just distribution of your product. Typically, when you say, you know, partners, uh, or sorry, software companies early on have a smattering of partners, those are usually either affiliate partners or referral partners, meaning, um, they have custom links for which they get the credit whenever a customer clicks on it to buy their product or download a, a trial or whatever it might be. So those referral partners also are a little higher order in that they would need a way to generate leads for you and send in uh, qualified leads. Affiliate partners are links. Referral partners submit qualified leads. So it sort of moves up the food chain a bit. You know, an affiliate partner doesn't need a lot of education. They need to understand your value proposition for your customers. And that's pretty much it. And how much money you're going to give them every time they someone clicks on their link, on your link. Um, a referral partner needs to have, be able to position your product a little bit better to be able to maybe have an initial conversation with a customer before referring that qualified lead to you. So that kind of handles the, the referral affiliate, which I kind of grouped together because the motion is the same. It's just sort of how, how, how much you interact with that referral or that lead that changes. Um, technology partners. Um, so other software companies that integrate with you. So um, Salesforce has a giant ISV program, um, independent software vendor is what ISV stands for. Other software companies who find that their customers also run your platform and they have a repeatable integration that they want tested and endorsed, if you will, by your company to say, yeah. Um, so in the case of Salesforce, if you're an ISV partner, they run you through um, to say, this integration does not break. Salesforce. So a customer has a certain level of um, assurance that that when they purchase that that other software, that it won't break the other software. So that's sort of a technology partner. Um, resellers are people who sell your product on their paper. And then there's my personal favorite, which are service partners or consulting partners. And those are people uh, or firms who offer implementation services on your product. The, the trick is for you, I think, as a B2B software company is to always focus on your customer, maniacally focus on your customer, and then the rest will come. What I love is, is working with software companies to get them there eventually. You build the roadmap. And I think it all starts with a maniacal focus on your customers and, and really making them successful because that is when you'll get the attention of other software vendors, you'll get the attention of resellers or managed service providers, and you'll get the attention of service partners. Uh, and you better have a program ready for them to engage with once you do get their attention. Trudy, I know you love, uh, like the rest of us, to be in the driver's seat if you're running revenue and, and it's your job to build up these partnerships. And it sounds a little bit like, and here's my concern, that it's, uh, we'll build it and they'll come. So how do you put your hands on the steering wheel and rev up the engine for partnerships? Let's take an example of a software company 
say mid-size scale up 20 to 30 million in revenue. And I'm sitting here as the founder and I really want to rev up that engine. I want to get to 20 to 30% on my pipeline coming through partnerships in the next year or two. How do I do that? No, so like, how do you really tackle it seriously? What are the first baby steps that I might take in that kind of situation? Yeah, I think the really good first baby step is focusing on an opportunistic opportunity that comes your way. Um, I was working with one company and his first partnership was with his brother's company. It's sort of this opportunistic thing that comes your way once or you find a company that you can work with. And, you know, much like software creation, um, you sort of build and iterate and and keep going and keep making it better until you scale. But some elements I think that every organization should have ready and be ready to address for when that opportunity comes. And don't get me wrong, you don't have to just sit there and wait and put your hands up in the air and saying, they will come. You do have, it's just like sales, right? You have to go out there and you have to talk to them, but you have to have your value proposition ready. So I really loved, I think it was your last podcast with Daniel Nilsson. It was incredible. And he talked about the value proposition for customers. And when you build a partner program, all you're doing is adding a layer of complexity or two. So you have to sell them on the value proposition of your product to their to a customer, but then you have to sell them on the value proposition of your program and doing business with you to that partner and to their business. You know, partnerships are a two-way street and, and oftentimes just throwing money at them in terms of a referral fee isn't going to build you a robust ecosystem. Um, it has to be based on the customers and the mutual success of your joint customers. Um, so some things that are that are really important to consider standard agreements. And as well as a series of benefits, things you're willing to do with them early on, it could be like a joint go-to-market activity. Like, hey, we share a lot of the same customers. Why don't we do a joint webinar together on, it's kind of marketing activity, really, like joint go-to-market that really initiates that initial interest, if you will, building it out, doing things together in the spirit of serving both of your mutual customers. Next up, you'd have to have sort of an enablement plan and content creation plan. Um, so depending on the partner type, you know, the enablement plan for a service partner or a consulting partner to implement your product is going to be much different from the enablement needs of a referral partner who just needs to understand the high level value proposition and the positioning of your product in the marketplace. Those are two really important things in place. So you need to have a way to consistently engage with those partners and keep them uh, engaged with your business, engaged with your product, and keep you engaged with their customers as well. One of the things you commented early on, Tritty, was this passion and energy around collaboration with partners, and it just comes out so clearly. What kind of mindset do you need to bring to the table when you're building out partnerships? Because I suspect that in some ways, there may be fear about opening your doors and getting that tight with a partnership ecosystem. Yes, it is a really big thing. Um, One of the biggest, I I do advisory as well. And one of the big conversations I have uh, with potential customers at that point is the concept of um, an open ecosystem versus a closed one. So Salesforce has a very open ecosystem, meaning you want to be a Salesforce partner. We have minimum criteria that apply to everyone across the board. And if you meet those minimum criteria and they're not super onerous, you're in. And we won't kick you out unless you do wrong. So it's a very open ecosystem. It's also primarily self-serve for the broad majority of the partners. 
letting a partner in, it, it is a mindset, right? I, I, I hear a lot of people when I first join them, they're like, well, how do you manage channel conflict? You know, like if that is your very first question in and out of the gate, I'm not sure that you have the right mindset going in, right? It's sort of like looking at how can we work together to better our customers, the acknowledgement that you share a customer base, like that's what drives a partnership to begin with. They do something with your customers and you want those same customers to use your product as well. So how do you work together to make that happen? And, and you raise a really good point, Adrian. I think it's a collaborative effort, not an antagonistic sort of like, you didn't do this, you need to do that, you know, sort of engagement. It's really, you have to open the kimono a little bit. So one of, we talked a little bit about when I was naming my company, one of the names I came up with was Front Porch Partners. Um, and sort of the analogy I use, which, which I still love, but it's yeah. like, you're not inviting someone to move into your house. You're inviting them to sit with you on your front porch. Right. So you've kind of welcomed them in. You've created a nice space. You kind of, you know, they're not really living in your house, but they're adjacent to you and they're kind of hanging out on your front porch with you. Um, that's sort of the philosophy um, that I that I, I believe when you're working with partners. And it's really a two way street. It's a partnership. Acknowledging what is important to your partners is important as well. Some consulting partners don't really care about your product. They're not even really that bothered about the services opportunities they're going to get. They just don't want you to slow down their implementation or break what they're doing. So there's this great value pyramid that Bain put together based on thousands of interviews with B2B buyers. It charts from the bottom to the top, from table stakes value all the way up to much more personal and visionary and purpose-driven value that we might be able to drive for our buyers and customers. And I can see how this could really easily apply to thinking about what's the value proposition you build in terms of a B2B partnership, meaning me as uh, with my company and I'm building up partnerships, what's the value I'm creating for those partners? I want to tap into much higher order benefits. I don't want this to be transactional. What's the difference that I can make Tritty? How can I tap into this? Sure. So I think the really important thing is each partner type is going to have a different value proposition, right? So a technology partner or an integration partner or a platform partner, someone who integrates with your product is going to want value at, uh, sorry, access to technology. Uh, they are going to want a way to interact with your product team so they know what's coming down the pipeline so they're not taken by surprise and keeping their integrations up to date. They want access to your customer base. So two-way lead sharing, you know, how do your customers customers then know about them and how are they able to interact with those customers. But as soon as you get into different partner types with, with sort of, uh, like you set up that value pyramid, even the higher the interaction with the customer is, the more complex your, your benefits have to be. So we talked a little bit about go-to-market activity. Joint go-to-market activity is a really big driver where you do a joint event, you invite your customers and they invite their customers because they're interested in the topic. And then that way it's sort of this commingling of, um, of customers that everyone can benefit from that you've raised your awareness. You might get some referrals out of that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really understanding what the needs are of that particular partner type. A consulting partner could have a variety of needs. They could want services revenue, right? Like if it, if it's a big enough 
a robust enough product for them to, to build a practice around, which comes much later. Like everyone's like, oh, I want them to build a practice. They're not going to do that until the customer numbers are there. But the first few implementations, you might have to do alongside with them as an enablement exercise and a building trust exercise. It, it, I hate to say it depends. That's such a typical consulting answer, but it, but it does. It depends on the partner type what their needs are, what, what, what motivates them, what drives them, as well as their customer needs. What are they trying to deliver with their customers? If they're implementing some other software and yours fills a niche or goes alongside it and is part of sort of the broader landscape, then what they need from you will be very different from a referral partner who is looking to make some money off of referring your product. There's a few articles I was reading on attribution in the context of partnerships leading into this interview with you today, Tritty. And it can be challenging uh, from what I can tell in terms of linking the benefits to the partnership. So to step back, attribution allows me as a revenue leader to connect the investment I'm making in growth activities to the results I generate in terms of new leads, new customers, et cetera. So when I look at my partner program, what benefits can I attribute to my partner program? Because I wonder if companies make the mistake of looking only at the revenue that comes directly through the partnerships versus also at the brand benefits, the credibility build, the indirect new relationships that I'm creating as a result of these partnerships. Yes, that's a really big part of it. There are some industries where, um, for example, the legal industry, uh, I did work with some with a company that sells into the legal industry. Uh, law firms don't buy direct from a vendor and, and they are, they are so um, the way they manage their technology, it is so trust-based and referral-based and, and, and I'm not articulating it well enough, but you have to get in with some build trust with the managed service providers that they work with. Um, so building trust with other ecosystems, like you said, is really, really important. And they won't buy direct from you necessarily. Um, but that comes down to, again, understanding the buying patterns of your customer and, and knowing what the right type of partner program is to build to, to find those customers or mine those customers. So Trudy, thank you so much for joining us today. We should really wrap up. This is a hot topic on partnerships. We find that so many of our customers have been really exploring this to figure out how do I drive more revenue? How do I expand on the one or two or three partnerships I already have in place to create much more of a revenue stream and a predictable pipeline of new customer relationships as a result of partnership in my business? Now, Tritty, you talked about a few different things in terms of the strategy, the way to think about the different types of partnerships, and also the baby steps that you know each one of us as, as revenue leaders and company founders can really take to start to point our company and our activities in the right direction to build out terrific, long-lasting and strategic partnerships. So thanks so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks so much. This was so much fun. We have to do it again. And I really hope your clients get some value out of it.